Welcome to the Wildcast, back again for episode 13, I believe. Um, it's been a very long hiatus since episode 12, and I think we're going to try to make a comeback here and try again and try to get back onto a weekly upload uh, schedule type thing. We're going to see how it goes. But the reason that I wanted to uh, try to make a comeback here was because I've been seeing a lot of other popular podcasts and other people do rankings of NBA players. And I think that this year in particular, it's been very close race on who's at what spot in the rankings. And obviously rankings, it doesn't mean everything, and it changes by the day in the NBA. That's the beautiful thing of it. But 1 through 10 is really a close race. Um, Of course, you have some exceptions like center we'll get to. Uh, point guard even, which we're doing today, I think one and two are a clear favorite. It's just between who you have between one and two. Um, But for me, this was very difficult because it's little, little things based on preference, obviously, and everybody's ranking is going to be different. Um, No, Obviously, some people are going to have a top ten be exactly the same, but I think everybody's going to have different reasons, different uh, preferences when it comes to where you put – players at in a one through ten ranking and yeah we're just going to try it out today i'm going to talk a little bit about these and of course today we're going to be starting off with point guards and hopefully next week we're going to get into shooting guards and then small forward power forward center and then we'll see where it goes on from there but today of course top 10 point guards there are um of course there's there's some point guards that missed out that probably deserve to make the list and i'm sure some other people who would have personal lists would have them on this top 10 Players like Jamal Murray, Darius Garland, Trey Young are all people that I think um, just missed out on the top 10. And that's just how close it is because all those players could be top 10. But for me personally, they just miss out over a couple of other these guys. And I wanted to specify by saying that I'm going off of last season's performance. So all these rankings are not what I think they're going to be next year, what I think they are as a player overall, or what a career is. I think specifically based off last season how i think these players would rank so anyways um going off of who i think missed out i think darius garland uh, the reason he missed out for me was because it's just he needs more of course he's he's overshadowed by donovan mitchell and that team and he had he put up decent numbers to be fair to him Averaging 21 and 7.8 assists per game last season. On a team with Donovan Mitchell, on a team with Evan Mobley, on a team with all these good players, Jared Allen, who he has to facilitate with. You would expect him to be at least double-digit. But I feel like a defense is where his game just falls off. Everybody, I think, can agree on that. I mean, Darius Garland's defense is very, very subpar, um, which most – Mostly is the reason why I think he's off this top 10 for me. Trey Young is another name that um, I left off this list was, again, because of the defense, just like Darius Garland. But another thing is the the poor leadership. I feel like Trey Young is just over there playing basketball and running through the motions. Of course, they had Quinn Snyder for the second half of the year, I believe. And to be fair to them, they looked a whole lot better as a team, and they looked a whole lot better overall with Quinn Snyder there. But it's still just the leadership factor behind Trey Young, and I feel like as the main guy of the team, uh, the number one option, the franchise player, he's got to be more of a leader than, than just a basketball player and a best basketball player. Um, 
Jamal Murray is another guy I left off uh, just because I feel like he had a really underwhelming regular season. He usually does. Of course, in the playoffs, it was a whole different story, and he just tore up the entire league. But, yes, that's why Jamal Murray is off this league list, I think, because a very subpar uh, regular season, but a very overachieving postseason, obviously, because they won the championship. But, anyways, to the top ten. At number 10 is where I would throw Drew Holiday. Now, I think Drew Holiday made this list for me was because I think he's the most well-rounded player in the league. I don't think I look at any point of Drew Holiday's game and I see a gap. I mean, he's a great defender, all-NBA defender. Scoring-wise, he can still put up a lot of points. He put up 19 points this season on the Bucks with a heavily loaded Chris Middleton Giannis team. Um, on 48% shooting, like that's no slack on his game. Shot 38% from three. He's a great shooter when he when you need him. Um, playoff performance is there, and of course on the defensive end, he's he's up there with the best of them at the point guard position. Seven assists as a point guard as well. Five rebounds. I I just there's no gap in Drew Holiday's game that I see, and I that's partially why I think he deserves to be in the top ten discussion when it comes to the point guard position. And number nine, this is where I started to have a lot of trouble. Uh, Nine through six is where I really struggled figuring these out. This is where I had the most trouble, I think. Nine, I put Jalen Brunson. Now, I think everybody would throw Jalen Brunson a lot higher in their list. But to me, I just I look at the other players that there is. Now, Jalen Brunson had a great season. The Knicks had a great season. I just think he needs to take that next step. Maybe next season, yes, he'll be in this top five list. But if we're basing this off of last season, which I am, I just think that there wasn't enough to the season to put him above some of these other guys. Now, one thing that I did that motivated me the most was the all-star appearance. Obviously, he did not make the all-star game. Um, If he would have made it, I think he would be higher on this list. For me personally, that's an accolade that says something. And it's the reason why I put the next two guys above him. But, of course, he's no slack. Like, this isn't a knock on Jalen Brunson putting him at nine. He averaged 24 points a game, six assists, great shooting splits, 49-41, and 82% from the field at that. The the Knicks also had a great season for them. Without It was a down season from Julius Randle, if we're being honest. Um, he's had his better seasons. And the fact that they still ended up in fifth in the Eastern Conference, and they didn't even have that bad of a postseason. Like, it was a good, solid season from the Knicks, right? And most of that credit is going to go to Jalen Brunson. Now, I'm not saying that Julius Randle didn't have any factor here, but Jalen Brunson put this team on his back. He's a hunt, realized that, hey, I got a $100 million contract, and I need to put this team in the ne- next step, right? And Next season, I think he will put this team in a new step, and I think Jalen Brunson will be an all-star next season. I don't think there's really any question about that. I mean, the competition in the East is him, Tyrese Halliburton. It's Drew Holiday. Those are the guard. That's the guard position in the East. So I think next year, Jalen Brunson, we will see him in the all-star game, and this this list might look entirely different. Um, But, yeah, it's great shooting splits, a great improvement from last season, um, and it's really showed and deserved that he's in the top ten. Um, at number eight is number eight and seven is where I really thought about this. And I thought about it for a good, good amount of time, but at number eight, I put Kyrie Irving. And now if you look at the numbers alone, Kyrie Irving 
averaged 27, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. 49% from the field, 38% from 3, sorry, and 90% from the free throw line. And great shooting overall. The Mavericks um, had a disappointing season, to say the least, right? Everybody expected this team to make the the postseason at least, right? Because that's what they've been doing with Luka by himself for the last how many years. They realized that they were struggling. They make the trade for Kyrie. And you look at this team on paper, and it's Luka and it's Kyrie, right? A two-point guard backcourt. No defense here. So when you have no defense in the backcourt, what do you need? Defense in the frontcourt. And their defense in the frontcourt is what they traded to get Kyrie Irving. So that was ultimately their downfall and why they ended up missing the, the postseason entirely. They didn't even make the play-in. And that's mostly the reason why I put Kyrie Irving here at 8 uh, below the number 7 guy. And we'll get that in a second. But his, his numbers are fantastic. When he was on the Nets for the first half of this season, it, he was fantastic. I mean, this team looked like they were going to the championship. And, then of course, all the it just fell apart for some reason. But then after going to Dallas, he, of course, the, the level of play stayed the same from him as an individual. Um, but, of course, the defensive end is where Kyrie lacks and where the Mavericks l- lacked ultimately. And I think that's the reason why I put Kyrie so low was because the numbers were there, but success wasn't. Um, moving on to number seven, the guy that I put above him it was Tyrese Halliburton, right? Um, and if, again, looking back at the numbers, 20 points per game, three rebounds, but 10 assists. Tyrese Halliburton had objectively worse numbers than Kyrie Irving this season, right? When... Advanced statistic-wise, I don't really know. I don't really know how to even read advanced statistics fully or fully understand them, for being honest. But he had worse shooting percentage. He had worse points per game, worse rebounds. But, of course, the thing with Tyrese is that he was the best passer in ball this year, right? The highest uh, assist-to-turnover ratio, highest amount of assists. I mean, did he have the highest amount of assists? I can, I can double-check that in a second. But, uh, yes, he did. No, no, he was second to James Harden. Um, 10.4 and James Harden at 10.7. So, second in assists. Obviously, the highest assist percentage in the league. That's what I was thinking of. Um, but it's he's just a great fundamental basketball player. And it seems like he doesn't make any mistakes when you watch him play, really. And it's it's the playmaking that puts him over the top for me. It's the great season that I think Indiana had based on their expectations. If you look at the record, the Mavericks actually had a better record than the Pacers, right? But the Mavericks, it just looked like bad basketball. The Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton was making them look like they were playing good basketball, but they were still losing. I I don't know how to explain it. It's an eye test type of thing. But Tyrese Halliburton, I think, had a better season than Kyrie Irving. And it's because of the efficiency and truly the amount of passing and how well he did it. It's The Pacers looked like they played like the better team. When Tyrese Halliburton was on the floor, they were a much better team. That's when they got majority of their wins. He only played 56 games, and they won 35. So I, Tyrese Halliburton was there. He was a reason why they won 35 games, and there's no question about it. And that is a reason why I think he is above Kyrie Irving for me. Now... The next guy is another person that I thought could make an argument to be lower and that Tyrese would, could have beat, 
But I actually looked at it. I took a step back, and I thought, no, this guy deserves to be over Tyrese Halliburton. And I think next season, I think he deserves to be in the top five. And, of course, number six is where I put De'Aaron Fox, the first ever winner of the Clutch Player of the Year Award. Of course, the best fourth quarter player in basketball last season. 25 points per game, four rebounds, six assists. The stats, again... Do not look as good as Kyrie's. In fact, I don't even know if they look as good as Tyrese's. Maybe on the same level as Tyrese's. But we have to look at the standings for this one, right? You go to the Western Conference and you see that the Sacramento Kings are third in the Western Conference, right? That's The Sacramento Kings are third in the Western Conference. A top three team in the Western Conference. And... Right there is why I think De'Aaron Fox deserved the edge over Kyrie and Tyrese was the success. It, it, it was incredible the, to see him and Sabonis make that work. It was such an unlikely duo. I, in fact, said myself that I didn't know how it would work because De'Aaron Fox is a good pick-and-roll player. Sabonis hasn't really shown much pick-and-roll in his career. But, I mean, it, they made it work, and they made it work well. The defense was there. He played 73 games, which to me is another big factor. You need to be on the court, and he was on the court. Now, of course, the shooting percentage is yet to be desired. Of course, 51% from the field overall, most of his buckets are coming at the rim. Shot 32% from three, which I believe is a career high for him, actually. Let me see here for a second. It is. He shot 32. No, it isn't. Sorry. His sophomore year, he shot 37% from three. That was his best. This was his second best shooting year from three. Um, free throw percentage is at a 78, um, which was the best of his career so far. So he's taking steps in the right direction. And I think next year is going to be a big jump for De'Aaron Fox. And I think he's going to be a little bit of underrated, under the radar guy. Sorry. But yeah, I think that's why he deserves to be in the sixth spot. But of course, there's the man in the five spot which I really, really contemplated putting De'Aaron over him. I just I looked at the stats, and I looked at the team's success, and I just couldn't. And, of course, number five, starting point guard, the second seed in the West, Memphis Grizzlies, Ja Morant. Now, obviously, we had some drama with Ja Morant this season, and he could have played more games, but he didn't, of course, for some off-court reasons. But we won't talk about that. We'll talk about the on-court and the stats. He had 26 points per game, 6 rebounds, 8 assists on the second-best team in the Western Conference. Now, I won't talk about the the playoff performance because, let's be honest, the Lakers dominated them, right? Am I right? Okay. But Ja Morant, he had a good year for him, right? Of course, he was in MVP conversations until about the uh, – until the drama started happening with him. The Grizzlies were running through this league, right? Um, compared to last season, actually, John Morant actually went down. And I think if he played exactly like he did last season, this season he'd be number four, possibly. There's an argument for it. But again, the same with De'Aaron Fox. The reason I think I put him so high was because of the team's success. And, of course, John's the main guy in that Grizzlies team. It's a young Grizzlies team. John Morant's leading that team. And he let him down again. We won't. I don't want to dive too deep into the off-court stuff, but he did let them down. I will say personally, I like De'Aaron Fox better as a point guard. But if we're basing it off the season that they had, I think John Morant had the better season, regardless of what happened. And the numbers say it. The success says it. It's it's just fact, in my opinion. 
which moves us into the four spot. And this, again, the four and the three were very tough for me. And in fact, looking back at it, I'm thinking I might want to change my answer. I'm going to... No, okay, I'm just going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with what I had written down, and I'm just going to say it. At four, I put Damian Lillard, right? Um, of course, the numbers is what sp- is, is speaks for itself when it comes to him, right? He's one of the best point guards in the league, uh, ability-wise. If, if we weren't raking this off last season alone, I think Damian Lillard is arguably top two. Let's be honest. But if we're going off last season, I think Damian Lillard had a great season. Right, a great season, fifty-eight games played, which to me is was another big factor in this. Um, the team went thirty-three and forty-nine, which of course it's the Portland Trail Blazers. There wasn't much there. The fact that Damian Lillard will him to thirty-three wins is impressive enough. Thirty-two points per game, five rebounds, seven assists, forty-six uh, percent from the field, thirty-seven percent from three, ninety-one percent from the free throw line. And I think I just really made a weird noise with the microphone, so I apologize for that. He was third in points per game. Um, he was – it was a bad team, right? He made the most of a bad situation. We have, of course, all been condemning Dame for staying with the Blazers and being loyal as he is. And he always says how much loyalty matters in the NBA. And, of course, we'll hopefully see that he maybe goes somewhere else. I'd like to see Dame on a different team personally. Um, I'd like to see him compete for a championship because this team, it shouldn't be making the playoffs, let alone being the third, the, the third to last team in the Western Conference with a guy on your team averaging 32 points per game. I don't, it's, it's, it's frustrating to be a fan and seeing this talent just be on a team his entire career, just be on a team that's bottom of the conference constantly. But we're not talking about the Blazers. We're talking about uh, Damian Lillard as a player himself. Um, I remember at the beginning of the season, there was talks for Damian Lillard MVP, actually, because the Blazers were playing great. And uh, the leadership that he showed, it was just a different Damian Lillard on the court. Um, the previous seasons, you'd see him taking charge in every single game and not having really trusted any of his teammates because why would he have any trust? And this season, at the beginning of the season, he was – everybody else was – the Blazers were winning on game winners left and right. And almost none of them were from Damian Lillard. There was one from Jeremy Grant. I think there was two from Jeremy Grant, actually. Anthony Simons had one. It was Dame was trusting his teammates. And it just was a different Damian Lillard. It felt different. And it was good for him. And there was MVP conversations behind him. And then they just dropped off. I, of course, he had, I, he believe, had an injury at some point in the season. And I, if he could have kept that play, if the Blazers could have kept that play, we might be having a totally different conversation. And Damian Lillard might even be number one on this list. But the drop-off did happen. And I hope that next season, Damian Lillard goes to another team and we see that that MVP, Damian Lillard, continues to play the entire season on a good team and he's up there in the conversations. The person that beat him out... Um, for me personally, now I think a lot of people have this guy listed as a shooting guard as well. I googled it, and the first thing that came up was ESPN Basketball Reference. They both said that he was a primary point guard, so I'm gonna put him in the point guard list, and I'm just gonna leave it. It's my list. Fight me about it. Shea Gilgis Alexander is number three on my list. Now, as a player, Shea Gilgis Alexander I don't think is as good as Dane. If you look at the numbers, he's on the same level. 31 points per game. He was fourth in scoring. 
Five rebounds and five assists, right? The shooting percentage is up there. 51%, 34% from three, 90% from the free throw line. He's just a good, efficient player. And honestly, when you watch him, it felt like he was dominating every single game he was in. And it felt like he was willing to thunder to every single win that they had. This team should not be almost – they were 40 and 42. They were basically 500. I don't think this team on paper should be where they're at. But they are because of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And I think he thoroughly deserved this. And I'm going to be honest with you. I had Shea uh, at four at one point. Like I was writing it down. I did it really quick just to get the names on the board and then I switched it around. Originally, Dame I had Dame three and Shea fourth. And then I went to look at the stats and I'm like – Shea Gilgis-Alexander averaged 31 points per game? In what universe did this happen? He, he did it so quietly. This is the most. This is the quiet, quietest 30-point-per-game season I think I've, I've ever seen. It's, I, I didn't even realize it. But it makes sense because of how, much he, how well he played and the domination he had. And his, his first all-star selection was this season, I believe. It was this year. Yes, it was. And he deserved every bit of it. He deserves being a number three on this list. And I think next year he might be fighting for top two. Let's hope so. Um, but top two right now I think is pretty definitive. Um, I think it's whether you have who you have between one and two. And at number two – whoops, that fell. That's all right. At number two is where I have Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, of course. The presence he had on the court – is felt every single game. Everybody loves Luka. Everybody knows what he brings to the court. 32 points per game. 8 rebounds. 8 assists. Magical numbers from Luka. Great season from him. Again, I think the thing that made the decision here for me um, was the uh, success from the Mavericks. Same thing with Kyrie Irving. I think if, um, I think if this team is a fifth seed like they should be or if they were like they should be it's a completely different conversation and Kyrie might be top five and Luca might be fighting for this might be on this one spot but for me it was an easy decision I know for a lot of people I think this might be a hard decision but I I I just can't see it I, I see the stats and I look at I watch him play and it's just like wow this is incredible. This guy is getting the ball on every single possession, and he's scoring on what seems like every single possession, right? It's either him scoring or him on an assist. And the stat lines he's put up this season, like the single game stat lines, is it, it's crazy. It's really crazy. He had a sixty point game this season. He had a twenty one rebound game this season from the point guard position. From the point guard position, it's unheard of. I mean, him and Russell Westbrook, obviously, but. Well, that's a different story because Russell Westbrook was a whole completely different player. Luka is just it, – it, it's it's slow. It's ugly basketball, but it's it works so well and it's so effective. But, again, I, I can't put him over the number one spot simply because of the team's success. I mean, not even making the plan. That just puts a damper on what on what you did as a, as a personal player. Um of course, that leaves the number one spot. The man that we uh, I have not said yet. I think everybody knows who I'm going with here. And it's Stephen Curry, the best point guard in the NBA still to me personally. 29 points per game, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. And uh, obviously the numbers aren't there. But 
everybody knows what Steph Curry does on the court. 49% from the field, 42% from three. I, I want The minutes per game here is what I want to look at because I want to actually see his – th- so Steph played 34.7 minutes per game. I want to see how that compared to Luka because that is a big 36. So Luka played two more minutes per game. Um, but the fact that Steph still put up those stats – with Clay Thompson on the team, he had to share the ball. Jordan Poole was taking shots still. Um, he had to share the ball a whole lot, and he did it effectively. And it's it, it's Steph Curry. Everybody knows what happens. Everybody knows what's going to happen when he steps on the court. You see the Warriors on the schedule, and you're like, crap. How the heck are we going to stop Steph and Curry? You can't. He does everything well. He does everything perfect. He's, he's the best point guard in the NBA. And I don't know if, if anybody can convince me differently um that's my list uh again six through six through eight six through nine darren at six tyrese at seven eight for Kyrie, nine for jalen brunson those four were the hardest in my opinion to sort out shay and dame debate is a real debate um but yeah my top 10 10 drew holiday nine jalen brunson eight Kyrie irving seven tyrese halliburton six darren fox five john morant four damian lillard three shay Two, Luca, and number one is Steph Curry. That's my personal list. Um, next week, I'm going to do shooting guards. And I don't really even know what to expect because I, I don't know. We'll, we'll save that for next week. We'll see what happens. Thank you for listening to uh, the comeback episode of the Wildcast. Hopefully, we can keep this going. Hopefully, I can stay consistent and keep at it. For now, again, thank you for listening and peace.